0: Deep inside the heart of the future Liberty State. Brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries. In the legacy of Dr. Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story. And the news behind the news is not about right or left, it's about right and wrong. About our hope not being a man, but in Jesus Christ, by not ending in prayer, but also moving to action. And the Gospel of the Kingdom, Zechariah 2.5, 5, but I declare as the Lord will be a wall of fire to her on all sides, and I will be the glory in her midst. There has been revival all over the country. It has been amazing. I think it's up past 30 universities now that have spread from Asbury. Churches all over talking about revival happening. And something else happening too. Just spoke with a friend of mine from rural Oklahoma, a pastor out there, and he related something to me, and I'm going to relate it to you today. So we have this great move of God. There's, there's great darkness in the world. This great move of God is happening right now. And people are excited and, and people's lives are being changed. I mean, quite literally, uh, we have seen uh, former homosexuals giving their lives to Jesus, being baptized, former prostitutes. Uh, people are caught in drug addiction being set free. It's been amazing. Just the last three weeks have been absolutely amazing. And I, I, I've heard from other churches, they're experiencing very similar things, the Sunday service, Wednesday service, all the way through the week. But then the prophet beaters have shown up. And I, I, it's so fascinating because this pastor friend of mine out in rural Oklahoma, he just was relating. He's like, yeah, somebody came up to me on Sunday and is talking about the fact the Holy Spirit stopped moving back in, you know, The time of the apostles doesn't move today. I don't know how you could be a Christian and believe that. Jesus Christ sent us the Holy Spirit as a helper, as a promise. So he sent it as the the promise, as the gift to his bride. And he said, I will be with you to the end of the age. And it's the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit, the body of the believer that the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit's just sitting there and nothing's happening? Well, that's not what Luke 17 says. Luke 17 says the kingdom of God is in our midst. And that verb, entos, or adverb, excuse me, entos in the Greek, means an active thing. So again, just pay attention to what I said. Luke 17, the kingdom of God is in your midst. In other words, we need to know what that word midst means means. And it's an adverb. It's describing an action, not a noun. And so the kingdom of God is active in our midst. The Holy Spirit is active in our midst. We can pray for people. We can see them healed. I find it fascinating. And and because we're coming up on uh, St. Patrick's Day, I just, I want to talk about this briefly. There's this group of people inside the church that just feel it is their duty to beat the prophets and say, oh, that can't possibly have happened. And the same people existed in Jesus' time, and they were called Pharisees. They believed that the Holy Spirit stopped moving around the time of Ezra. And when Jesus started moving, and the Holy Spirit came on him, he's 100% God, 100% man, the Holy Spirit starts, is moving in power through him, and there's healings, and people delivered, and the dead are raised, and all these things. And the Pharisees start saying, that cannot be God, that has to be Satan. And Jesus responds, you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's the unpardonable sin. That's the context of what happened back then. And today, we, we need to be just careful as Christians. We're not going out there calling people and saying that that is, that is Satan moving. When you, number one, you don't know. And number two, you're actually saying that the Holy Spirit isn't moving today, even though very clearly Jesus believed that. Very clearly the apostles believe that, very clearly the early church fathers 300 years later believe that. The same people who say there were only 12 apostles. Well, which 12? Did it include Judas or Matthias or what about Paul who called himself an apostle and that's in the canon? Or what about the early church fathers like Hippolytus who listed the apostles 70 of them? Or what about in Acts Two other apostles listed, one of them actually, Junia, being a female name in the Greek. And you can't get around that in the Greek grammar, by the way. You could try it and contort and do everything. You cannot get around it from the extant, original man- manuscripts. You just can't. So what do you, where do you go with that? And I, I would think that people will be happy. God is moving. People are being saved. People are being baptized. People are being set free. People are being healed. Just like it says at the end of Mark— in chapter 16 but people are beating on other people look as christians don't be on the side of the prophet beaters jesus told that parable about the people in the church who beat the prophets who were sent by god don't be those people and it is a cautionary tale for all of us you know Some things are are pretty easily refuted. Um, Made-up things are really easily refuted. Um, And if somebody can be really easily refuted and and disproven in what they're saying, they're bearing false witness, right? And they're claiming to be a Christian, and they haven't gone to the person individually, and they're the ones that are living in sin— What do we do as Christians? We should be interceding on their behalf because they're they're getting really close to a line, an eternally significant line. And again, the context, Jesus spoke about this. He spoke about the moves of the Holy Spirit and it was specifically the Pharisees who came against that. So the, the thing we do as Christians, check our own motivations. Lord, pray that you would show me, Lord, I want to be open to you, your moves, remove my motivations, remove my uh, thoughts, remove all my motivations, and Lord, show me the path. The problem today is we've got a lot of people that are reacting out of their intellect who really are not very well read in Jewish culture or or geography or archaeology or these things And so they're talking in a way that they think it sounds smart, but it's really not because it's an intellect. Ronald Reagan said this. He said, it's not that they don't know anything. It's they know so much that isn't so. And, I mean, you can go read the original Church Fathers. You can read... uh, some of the Apocrypha that was in the King James 1611. You can go read the archaeological uh, articles that have been put out on these things. You can check the grammar and linguistics, and all of it should be rooted in the Bible. All of it. All the Bible. Which means if you're going out and you're smearing other churches and you're smearing other pastors... You're smearing people and you have never approached them one-on-one as a believer. You're living in sin. It is sin. And that kind of division is not of God. And so in this time that we're in, we have unity in the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited at the move of God. I'm excited that all these young people at Asbury are giving their lives to Jesus and repenting and they're throwing out their video games and they're, 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 ripping up their pokemon cards like we saw here nobody told them to do that that was under the unction of the holy spirit and and they're being healed i watched one of the most beautiful baptisms on sunday that i've ever seen in my entire life where somebody fell into the arms of jesus nobody had to say anything and jesus just started healing her it was amazing what an amazing testimony i hope she writes a book That's the power of God. And the power of God is active and it is here. And yes, people can be healed. Yes, people can prophesy. And I want to hit this on the head too. There are some people that say that there aren't people that that are modern day evangelists or teachers or pastors or prophets or apostles. And Ephesians, the book, was written in A.D. 60. And very clearly, Paul says that apostles are for the building up of the church, that prophets are for the building up of the church, that teachers are for the building up of the church, that pastors are for the building up of the church, that evangelists are for the building up of the church. In A.D. 60, 30 years after Jesus was crucified. And so the church has not reached the culmination of perfection until our Lord and Savior returns. So we're always building in this process of building up. So either Apostle Paul was a liar or your theology's wrong. And you could try to twist the Greek again however you want to, but then you also have to twist the understanding of the early church fathers about these things like Hippolytus. Some of the first, like Papias, the people that were taught And said they were taught directly by John. You have to get rid of all that. And I don't know about you, but I take the approach when I interpret the Constitution of the United States of America of reading the plain text, looking at the grammar and linguistics, commas matter, looking at the intent of the founding fathers in their time, based on their culture, based on their understanding of certain words and phrases like letter of Mark had a specific connotation back in the time. And that's why they put it in the constitution. It meant something. I look at the geography, look at the, the historical basis behind it. So many of these things, and it helps me to interpret what they meant in the constitution based on their original understanding intent. Why are we not doing that with the scripture? And there are certain church fathers, they didn't get some stuff right. That's correct. But when you look through on basic doctrinal issues like does the Holy Spirit move in power, they agreed the answer is yes. Did new believers have the authority, even new believers have the authority to cast out demons? And the answer is yes, which means that demons were being cast out 280, 300 AD. Which now brings me to the interesting point of St. Patrick. Now, Patrick, we're alive today. Two of his extant letters that we have, one is a letter to, Carotic, I think, Caroticus, how you say it? Two of the extant letters that we have from St. Patrick today. He would not call himself St. Patrick. In fact, he said, I, Patrick, a sinner. It's how he talked about himself. He would be like, why are you celebrating a day about me? Instead, celebrate what Jesus did through me. Celebrate the Lord. If he was here today, But here's the interesting part about St. Patrick, okay? Uh, People have a quandary right now because all these people celebrate St. Patrick's Day, okay? They celebrate the day of Patrick, right? Well, who was St. Patrick? What What did he do, right? Well, he was a slave who then evangelized and converted Ireland to become a Christian nation. And he drove all the demons, the snakes, out of Ireland resurrected the dead, prayed healing over people, and was such, such a powerful man of God. And God moved through him so powerfully that even the Druid pagan witches could not deny the power of God. That's what was so amazing about his life, about Patrick's life, that when God moved through him, Holy Spirit moved and people were healed. People were set free. He drove demons out. He displayed the miraculous power of God in the resurrection of the dead. Travis ask me when St. Patrick lived. When did St. Patrick live? Whew, that's a great question. Most people believe he lived in about in the let's say the 700s AD, okay? So how many years is that after Jesus Christ was crucified? So again, you have a huge problem of the Holy Spirit stopped moving around the time of the apostles. Died out around 300 AD. What is that? That's not, that's not a theology. That's an observation. And it's a poor observation because it should be a motivator to us that we need to press into the Lord so he can move in power through each one of us. And that's how I like to answer these things. So when people start to use Marxist um, things, we're going to get to a, a very interesting development here. When people use Marxist narrative attacks, okay? So uh, I I don't want to get into the the complexity of this, but Marxist strategy is to do narrative line attacks on people. In other words, they have a narrative that they attack people. and Sometimes people don't even realize they're being attacked, that they're part of the narrative. When you see people using a Marxist narrative line of attack, witting or unwitting, in other words, useful idiots, okay? That's the, the term that Lenin used. We don't call people idiots, but that's a term that Lenin used. People that didn't know they were being used. Okay? And they're using these lines of attack on Christians. Okay? We have to be really careful not to fall into those traps. And pray, lift up, intercede on behalf of the, the folks that are, that are caught up in Marxist narrative line attacks. One of those... And this is going to be controversial for some people, but I did the research on this and it came from a Marxist news site. This term, so this is a Marxist narrative line attack. When people use the term new apostolic reformation, it is a fraud. It does not exist. It was a, a narrative line attack on Christians where the Holy Spirit was moving. So be careful. Don't fall into these traps. People use terms like that, they throw them around. Gotta ask yourself, where did it originally come from? Oh, well, yes, who's using it? Right? Who's using it? And remember, too, that don't ever be on the side of the prophet beater. Press into Jesus. Pay attention to what Jesus is doing, not what the enemy's doing. Focus. On evangelizing the lost, those are caught up in communism, those who are caught up in Islam, those who are caught up in many different things that they need freedom. Focus on evangelizing them and do not get, up, get caught up in these, these attacks on fellow Christians because this is exactly what the Soviet Union did. They turned part of the church against the confessing church. It's what they did in Germany. They turned part of the church against the Confessing Church. And it's what they're trying to do today in America, turn part of the church against the Confessing Church. Let's come together in the unity of the Holy Spirit during the greatest harvest in the history of the world as God is moving in power right now. And we bless all of those people that have attacked. And God, I pray right now that you would just open their eyes to see as you see in Jesus name. Amen. And that brings us now to your daily intelligence briefing on the international front. Got a few things right now, but I, there's a couple things on the national front that I really 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 want to talk about. Now, I find it I find it interesting that in all of the different segments that we have done, I try to add in kind of a practical preparedness tip and I'm going to do that today. But Again, narrative line attacks. So, if you are, if you're caught up in kind of what's going on right now in the world, you're going to see narrative line attacks coming from the Chinese. Now, they're kind of it looks like they're backing off of Taiwan, but right now in the Middle East, it looks like that part is ramping up. Um, they they get issued some conciliatory. Um, Language uh, in regards to Taiwan. Uh, it might be that they're going to wait even through the spring into late spring, early summer. But it does look like the Chinese are backing off. And I think part of this is because of their analysis of what's happening in Russia. Um, the Russians have lost. Uh, it, it's an appalling Number of troops uh, in the siege of Bakhmut or the attempted siege of Bakhmut, and the Ukrainians have lost a lot of people as well. But the Chinese are seeing that the Russians have gone through their tank force and they're trying to reconstitute it. They're running low on ammunition, and the Chinese may have to help the Russians. They already have been clandestinely helping the Russians rearm. So the Chinese now are taking a look. Do we have enough to go into Taiwan if the United States stands up? Which is, again, a question based on who is in the White House right now, whether anything would even happen or the Chinese would be emboldened uh, to continue further and continue to attack the United States through unrestricted warfare. Again, you've heard on this show many times before that we are already at war and the Chinese have been doing unrestricted warfare for a very long time. In fact, I was reading an old 1960s um, foreign policy book, and it mentioned how the Chinese had a story about a man who had no weapons and had to fight a tiger anyway, and he had to fight with whatever he had. And that's kind of a Chinese um, mentality, strategic mentality. They fight with whatever they can. So right now they may be backing off the military side, but they're going to fight in the economic sphere. They're going to fight in the financial sphere. They're going to fight in the political sphere. And so they will press forward on these other avenues of attack. I want to talk quickly. A um, couple things. Uh, it looks like the Israelis have launched another uh, strike into Syria. Um, Northern Syria and southern Turkey, by the way, just devastated by that earthquake and all of the aftershocks that have happened.. Um, the U.S. military is discussing with Israel responses in regards to Iran. It has come out recently. You can read some of this on not only on Twitter, but also on Deb Uh Iran has now come to the point where they're 12 days away from uh, essentially having enough uh, material to make a nuclear bomb. I, look, I'm gonna just let's just be real about this and break through all of the, the garbage out there right now. They already had the ability to do this. And they were buying time for the ability to do this with that horrendous deal that they struck with the Obama administration. All they were trying to do is buy time. That's all they have ever really ever wanted to do. And you can just read their writing and listen to their speeches. This is what they want to do. In Islamic doctrine, they make treaties until they're strong enough to defeat their enemy. They believe many of the the leaders in Iran are Twelvers. In other words, they believe in the 12th Imam. They believe that the 12th Imam will appear and and lead the Islamic armies to victory, and they're preparing for that. Um, And the Shia, particularly, believe that he's going to come out at Qom, Iran. So we have this situation where people aren't paying attention to what these people really believe. So now Israel, which does have the right to defend itself, is talking about how to do that. And their strikes on proxies in Syria are just going to ramp up over the next little while. So the, the Middle East is where I think a lot is going to happen in the just kind of very near term. It does look like the Chinese have now assessed and backed up a little bit. We'll see if they continue in that posture. Which brings us now to the national front. Travis, this is one of the best headlines I have seen in a long time. So it's kind of kind of small print, but alleged Antifa member, We you hear that right now, alleged Antifa member arrested on domestic terror charges related to violent attack on Atlantic Cop City. So I don't know if you guys have been following this, but this they were building a training facility down there in Atlanta, and, and Antifa has been coming against them. So this alleged Antifa member, is an attorney at the Southern Poverty Law Center. Wow. I'm going to say that again. Alleged Antifa member. Arrested on domestic terror charges is an attorney at the Southern Poverty Law Center. I guess they're going to have to add themselves to the hate map. I don't know if you remember the Southern Poverty Law Center tried to come against me a while back. Try to get my donors to leave. Um, not one individual donor decided to uh, listen to the Southern Poverty Law Center. I'm um, not talking about corporate donors, I'm talking about individual donors. What was also pretty interesting with that is that the Southern Poverty Law Center, as I have been talking about for a very long time, has roots in communism in America and has never really been about the South or poverty or really the law. They've just been about smearing people that they disagree with, with these hate maps and everything else. So the fact that this happens... Now, here's the ironic part. On the same day, the videos come out exonerating the J6ers, an alleged Antifa member arrested on domestic terrorism charges, who is an attorney at the Southern Poverty Law Center, is in jail. So on the same day that the video evidence comes out exonerating the J6ers, this happens. So it, it, You see this? Evil's being exposed, everybody. Be happy about this. Evil is being exposed. These Marxists and communists that are trying to bring down this country are being exposed. It's happening in front of our very eyes. And it's interesting, too, the ridiculous nature of Merrick Garland's statement To Senator Mike Lee, that he he can't, they couldn't prosecute many Antifa attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers because they happened at night. Nobody buys that. And as a result, as a result, Senator Lee excoriated him and he should. These guys are, these guys are lying. They are protecting Antifa. They're protecting them. Well, why? Because they're on the same side. And this is why many Americans need to wake up to this. I remember, I remember back in 2018, we were talking about this and what they were about to do in 2020. And then when it happened, people were just shocked. Why isn't anybody being arrested we have the ability to track people real time with their cell phones. It's, we, we, that technology has been around for a long time. Why can't these people be arrested? Well, because they are using some tactics and techniques and procedures for secure communication to try to get around that. But still, still, the technology existed to track many of them. But that's not even the real issue. Who's funding this? Who's organizing this? And I I bet, I don't bet, I know that if we started digging into this, who's funding these guys and who's organizing these guys, the names that would come out would be absolutely shocking. I'm not talking about Soros funding. That stuff, the funding of George Soros of leftist causes is obvious. I'm talking about the mid-level people that have been kind of hiding behind the scenes locally and nationally. That's the real question out of this. Now, this brings us to another thing that is happening nationally, the degradation of U.S. military. So this came this came up, um, and there's a couple of these, and then we're going to jump to the local front here. So there was a tweet, um, Charles, I think it's Gasparino is how you say it, but uh, they're talking about that the United States Marine Corps, according to the New York Post, is... Getting rid of its scout sniper units—that's one of the worst. That, 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 that's an absolutely terrible idea. Sniper teams, at, obviously, very effective on the ground, but also prevent collateral damage, very surgical. And the fact they're trying to get rid of something that's been a mainstay of the the U.S. Marine Corps is is. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it does if they're trying to degrade the combat power of the United States military. And that's what people need to be paying attention to. And this is just one example. It's happening across everything from the the consideration of others' training and paying attention to things that don't really have anything to do with combat. This is another example. Why are they degrading our combat power right now? If we would fight in the Pacific, sniper teams— in the Pacific during World War II, Vietnam, South the the war in Korea, in South Korea and North Korea, they they were very effective. Why would we do that now? Right on, unless this was intentional. So pay attention to that. And then also very interesting, U.S. Air Force um, sent a, a plane that they use typically for surveillance of, Ballistic missile launches from North Korea. So a ballistic missile launch from North Korea may be in the offing. um, And just keep your eye over there. So that's kind of on the national and on the international front. And that brings us now to your local front. Coming up here on the 25th of March, Family Policy Institute of Washington doing an education summit right here on Fire Ministries, 115 East Pacific. You do have to register online. Travis has made sure that those are up on the social media accounts. So check that out and be a part of it. We have a whole bunch of other events coming up as well. One I'm going to highlight right here at On Fire Ministries on the 29th of March, we're going to do a Passover celebration. So if you're interested in that, please contact us here. Hello at SpokaneOnFire.Church. Hello at SpokaneOnFire.Church. And as always, every Sunday, 10 a.m., we have services. Um, Please get here early. Uh, It's It's packing out, so please get here early, and uh, God has been moving incredibly. If you've got any questions, always feel free to send them to Travis here, and uh, you could just leave them on the comments or leave them on your favorite social media site underneath the broadcast, and we love answering your questions, and, and I try to do as many of those personally as I can. want to bring up one other thing as well. Sean Foyt is coming back to Spokane, Washington. Stay tuned for more on that. He's also coming to Olympia, Washington. Stay tuned for more information on that. Very, very exciting stuff, and I hope you join us for those events. Now, we got months. They're going to be months out, but I want to prepare you that it's happening very soon. And that is the briefing. Remember the antidote to dependency and socialism is to be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American. Thank you to everybody that has been Uh, supporting us, and make sure you go, whatever your social media site is you're on, Gab, MeWe, Getter, even Facebook, hit like, hit share. Don't presume people are getting this information. Get it out to your friends and family, and make sure, too, that that folks are are going on on my Twitter feed. We try to post that, cross-post it across all of the other ones, and look at some of the stuff that I'm posting from the open-source intelligence world some of the best sources that I know, we are, we are in a time of both great darkness and great light. We're supposed to be informed. i supposed to dwell on it, but we are supposed to be prepared. And today, if you haven't already, if you haven't already, make sure you've got a way to filter water. One of the best things is a Berkey filter.